Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Ah, uh, since it's Friday, dude, it's the end of the week. We're going to roll roll into this. We're going to go go hard. Not not really. We got an interview today, so we can't, we can't be t- too crazy, right? I mean, it is the daily cup of genre, so craziness is expected. Yeah. Anyways, guys, welcome to the show. It's brought to you by uh, Grow Generation, uh, where the pros go to grow. Check them out, growgeneration.com. And yeah, the Daily Cup of Genre is your one-stop shop for uh, everything. Uh, Sports, games, comics, movies, comic book movies, sports movies, movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Film, television, everything, guys. We are your... Fellow asylum inmates uh, Manny and Kyle, and yeah, man, I'm I'm excited a little bit about today because we get to talk business, and bu- business is great. You'll love business. It's it's the American way. You don't know what I'm referencing, do you? Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, I love Muppets. Okay. Yeah. yeah, of course. You remember I know when when Sam the Eagle is is the teacher for young Ebenezer in the past, and he's like, you, you know, you're gonna go on to business school. He he says that line. You'll love business. Mm. It's the Ameri-. and God's is like, oh, do you mean it's the British way because they're supposed to be in Britain? And he's like, right, oh, but they're it's the British way. I, lo- <laughs> I love it. Oh, God, that <laughs> best Christmas Carol version ever. And and uh 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 my- Michael Caine as Scrooge perfection like he plays it so well despite being surrounded by fucking felt puppets you know <laughs> it's crazy right Anyways, um uh business is who it dri- drives everything in film and news broke yesterday about scarlett johansson's suing disney uh as far as i could tell it's disney being named not marvel or anything like that which um you know, uh, more details. I'm I'm sure will come out and and things, but uh, it I don't see the name Marvel being thrown around as much, uh, except for in connection to, of course, her project. She's suing because she's basically saying that she took up uh, points on profits instead of up upfront money, and that releasing the film the way that they did means that she won't get as as much uh money. Uh, piracy, uh, the the pandemic, the the double you know day day and date release. Disney fires back, and we've got the this this huge mess. And at the core of it is this, Manny. And, and correct me if I'm I'm wrong. Disney's one core argument is going to be: there's no guarantee that holding this movie until everything is reopened would result in. Uh, similar profits to mm. before the pandemic, and additionally, holding her film would hurt the com- company and the their shareholders, which is true. And I I think it's going to end up being settled, man. But this is this is a sign of why Warner Brothers decided to pay <laughs> out all that bonus money yeah. la- last year. What do you think? 
Uh, so in their statement, they said uh, Disney fully complied with Mrs. Johansson's contract. And furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. Mm. For them to be that um, blunt blunt, and, and start throwing out numbers, and I, I think they're pretty sure in what they have they yeah. they don't they don't regularly do that hell they never they don't even like releasing premiered numbers period we were surprised when we saw the ones from black widow i'm more surprised that scarlett johansson uh has taken this approach um because i, I would think she would understand the situation uh but at the same time where's the communication between disney and and johansson's people as far as what what the what the profit sharing is going to be if it's, you know, if it's a certain percentage off of premier access, because it's $30 per, per, uh, a rental or whatever you want to call it. Middleman theater taking a a chunk of that, that goes straight to Disney. So, so when she, when, when they say that, that no, no, she still got, she still got money. It just had to come from a different source. And then also there is no, yeah. Like we, we've seen you and I have talked about, the amount of people going to cinemas and it correlates directly with um uh the 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 numbers are the numbers are are all pretty much uh equal in other words mm-hmm. like the yeah. the drops and everything there's yep. there's not like because it was on on Disney Plus Mm-mm. that it that it dropped any faster than than like Fast 9 did or what what we looked at like the three or three or four from this year, all in that sixty plus right. percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and two or three of them were 67 percent, including mm-hmm. Black Wid- Widow. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. We we look back at other group groups of movies within a, a a few years of each other, and all of them had similar uh, first to second week drops, but they that that drop percentage has been increasing over the last two decades that we lo- looked at. Right. And and then uh, I just this movie was already late. <laughs> yeah, that's very very factor. late. Yeah. So, uh, what do you what are you going to do? There, there there's nothing really you can do. do you... Uh and oh, I, I what I wonder too is I, I want to know what kind of agreement they have with um for example uh Emma Stone and like with The Rock and with Emily Blunt because those movies yeah. were also released on Premiere Access. If they have the same agreements, kind of where, hey, we weren't able to release this. These these are your cuts. Then I think Johansson would probably be in the wrong, and and yeah. and maybe she, there's another reason why there there's a sour taste that she has to feels like she has to do this. It just seems like maybe there's a little bit more than meets the eye. And that's that's what I'm wondering because the we all thought it was really interesting for for Disney to release those. Um, those uh, Disney Plus numbers for Black Widow, and now I think we might have a clue as to why why they released it. They, I think they were attempting to may, maybe preempt this, get some po- positive PR, say, look, the movie was was do, doing good, so that way, if and when she dropped this this lawsuit, and look, I'm not oftentimes. Uh, uh, not just celebrities, uh, even even people that are in in politics. Uh, we'll just call them pub- public 
uh, per personalities often have a team that makes these types of decisions. You know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna push against this. We're gonna push against that. Uh, you see it in music a lot it, when p people are are talking about uh, sampling uh, covers and and parodies. A uh, big famous case being uh, Coolio's Gangster Paradise with uh, Weird Al's Amish par Paradise. Um, the lawyers, from what we can tell, the lawyers communicated to each other, and basically Al got the go ahead, but Coolio wasn't. Down, down with it, right? So mm -hmm. legally, this is made because the the core parties aren't even getting full conversations between uh, their teams and and themselves. So I, I'm not saying that any of that is happening. I'm I'm saying I I can sympathize or empathize or whatever, whatever eyes you 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 need me to, to to say on both sides. Like I see the business <laughs> side of it. I see the legal side of it. I see what Disney is saying and doing. I get Scarlett jo Johansson's part. If I if I am an actor, if I'm the Rock and doing Jungle Cruise, I want a paycheck. I want a flat paycheck. I don't want profits because I'm not right. sure about that. I'm having fun. Fun. I don't think the Rock is necessarily in things for money, but it's a smarter business sense to say this isn't ne necessarily the type of movie that's going to make uh, a billion worldwide. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll take the pay paycheck up front now. Scarlett jo Johansson's been in the Marvel game for a minute. She knows those money mov movies churn profits. And that when she signed on for that, she probably was making the better business deal for her. So I can I can understand it. We're, we're going to have to see see what sh shakes loose, the fine details. I I am concerned because, I mean, I mean let, let's face it, uh, Hollywood doesn't have the gr greatest reputation. Uh, uh, a lot of, of in industries are dealing with, with, uh, um, uh, revelations that ca came about during the, the height of the Me, Me Too movement. Look at Blizzard and Activision or Activision Blizzard. I mean, uh, man, I, I wonder if we're about to see any Marvel dirty laundry. I hope there's not any, like, I really, really hope that the ma majority of productions have been good and, and clean and, 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 and enjoyable for, 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 for cast and crew, but, I'm I'm nervous, man. There there's a lot of content in development, and and one vindictive move by either party could could leave a sour taste in a lot of fans' mouths and bring a, a house of cards down. Nah, I doubt it. Highly doubt it. They're, they're gonna they're gonna do what they can. There, there's gonna be a. I mean, I think we talked about it on Slack. There's gonna be a settlement. They're gonna move on. Yeah, that's what I that's um, what I hope. I said there's always that that chance though. So it's it, in my back it, of my yes. mind. It is, I think it's just a surprising move, and and, it came and out of nowhere. Even surprising me, for now, I actually side with Disney, um, just just because the circumstances of of the way the movie was released, they had or they had pushed it back as far as they could, mm -hmm. and so I I think some of it also of why i mean it did it did it did as well as it was gonna do um in, in this time in this day and age so like I mean, like to, their whole tv re release schedule for what, this movie right what you were saying is uh I, I think has a lot to do with it is at the time when it was all signed and whatever yeah it made sense but uh i mean that that's life though things happen Nobody thought a pandemic was going to happen. 
a lot of people are affected. I'm sorry that your paycheck was affected, but you're, I'm sure you're doing okay. <laughs> um, you got 20 million million out the deal. I'm sure, sure you're doing it. And look, we're, we're, we're greedy cap- capitalist pigs. What we want, if she's entitled to 50, we would like her to get 50, but shit is, is diff- different today. And right. we're, we're in a, a an era where a lot of legal things are going to be, be coming out over the next uh, 10 years from things that happened the, the last two or, you know, eight, right. 18 months or what, whatever, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, what else ends up sh- shaking loose. But what Warner mm. brothers has been making some really smart decisions <laughs> recently. Yeah, actually they, they made sure that their people were taken care of first and then they went, they went on and, I mean, I think there was there was a there was a couple of directors who weren't very happy about no, it. Nolan, uh, I think think the villain. Dude, Nolan, dude, Nolan's such a prick though. Sometimes, like he he thinks his stuff is 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 like the Renaissance of films or something. I I like. I am the. Dude, bitch. Your, your movies are okay. They're not. They're not that great. Uh, well, I I find several of them amazing, but yeah, oh, the dark, I, I get I mean, your point. He's very very full apparently now it could be a person what, what i'm saying is that they're not as good as he thinks they are Th- there you go i'll give you that you know like tenet is not gonna was not gonna ever save the theaters that's what he thought it was gonna do yeah he he, and, he wanted to be that that hero and instead it's gonna be a, a potentially a bunch of super villains <laughs> yeah I know, I know that james gunn was kind of really adamant about suicide squad only being released in theaters uh, and then also uh, the director for Dune, and I think Dune yes. got it their wish. No, it's still gonna have a. Oh, is it? A, okay. HBO Max in October. Well, as far as well, you you never heard anything about it again, so no, because they they paid out. I'm assuming they got some envelopes. Yeah. And it was like, we good? Yeah, we yeah, decent mate. We no problems here. Yep. Day and day yeah. and date. Hollywood Reporter. Uh, as as recently as June twenty fifth, October twenty. 22nd for doom but you're you're right as soon as it, it came out that warner brothers was going to do the day and date and it was obvious that they didn't tell all of their producers and directors and and stuff uh you had about a week or two i think it was of of people bitching and complaining and then warner brothers said hey we just paid everyone their guarantees of what they would have made if the movies had hit certain box office points we paid out and then it just went away no one's said anything I think the only thing uh, I know a lot of fans are worried about is Dune because they're so scared if it doesn't do well enough that they won't get a sequel and this movie is is made to be continued on like it's it's not it's not a finished story and by any means whatsoever as far as I can I'm not a uh, I like the f- first movie for for what it is but I'm not I'm not v- well versed in the the story but that's that's a that's a concern out there um you know, you know it, it's um it's so strange because i i tried to get into the book still haven't been able to mm-hmm. i don't care so much for it and i wonder how much a, of an it's a science fan, fan it is a fantasy book set in space dude and it is i, I wonder hard. how much audience it really has for for it to 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 have such a huge like film like i i hope it's it's fantastic yeah. and i love it and i want another one but films like that sometimes have like a niche yeah look at um uh john carter valerian um 
and and then uh uh the you know these giant uh science fiction mm-hmm. epics with this this fan- fantasy twist to it that that get these big budgets and and these big big name actors di- directors and and uh they they flop they flop off often um you know star wars is is often called science fantasy you know uh uh lucas himself ca- calls it some something like that very very similar i think if not that actual for phrase and um but it 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 does rely very much on the action side of both versus the the tolkien uh, to- approach to uh lord of the rings which focuses on that that traditional fantasy writer mm-hmm. world building mythos building legend building you know it's you're 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 as invested in the the legends and and stories the 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 current characters are telling you about as you are the the current characters that doesn't always translate for for general audiences that's why the the lord of the rings films are are changed from the books the way that they are and Mm -hmm, certain things are expanded and other things were completely at you know whole story threads including same same for the hobbit which also suffered from taking one book and turning it into three three movies but um not everything works out that way and not not all of that will work out for for general audiences um yeah man you know all right I was gonna uh, say it'd be great to go go ahead and transition over to to our interview and then uh, finish up with our great uh, uh, Friday Fright segment. I wanted to talk about the uh, Ch- Child's Play show, the the Chucky show. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to talk about another thing. I found. What do you want to talk about? I'm down. David what, what's up? Oh, you, you, fuck yeah! Let let's you know what? Uh, I had... let, let's take our our break. And we'll go and bring in uh, um, our guest. And yeah, right after that, guys. And, and we're going to be talking about some some uh, uh, behind-the-scenes filmmaking, so, some producing, uh, talk, talking about the, the in-between. And uh, what was the, the uh, slasher flick? Ah, uh, crap. Uh, I said it was like Sleepaway Camp, the, the movie we <laughs> talked about. Anyways, you guys have to ch- check it out first. Word from our our uh, uh, sponsors over at Grow Generation. Grow Generation, where the pros go to grow. For all of your cultivation needs, Grow Generation has the right products, service, and staff to make your grow successful. Go to www.growgeneration.com, where the pros go to grow. All right, and uh, thanks, guys, uh, for sponsoring the show. Please check out this awesome interview with uh, Blaine Weaver. Almost said Brian. Um, and uh, yeah, great interview. Uh, horror movie. Uh, there's also a new movie that came out, uh, the, the In Between. This really, really unique uh, uh, f- film that was uh, done on on a road trip. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Check it out. Really awesome interview. Really cool behind the scenes look at 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 uh, getting uh, indie films made. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Blaine. The voice has alerted everyone that we are recording. So, uh, welcome to the uh, uh, LRM Online uh, Genreverse Podcasts, uh, the Daily Cog, da- Daily Cup of Genre. I'm Kyle Malone. I uh, kind of created this fun little ver- variety uh, news show for the for the mornings, and uh, it's great to get some guests on and introduce you you to the to the audience and introduce the audience to the the broader world of of entertainment so manny being our head interview guy do, do your job 
Start. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today, as a guest on the Daily Cog, we have Blaine Weaver, actor, director, and um, uh, recently has formed a distributing company, which uh, he'll be tell he'll tell us about in a little bit. How How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to meet you guys. Fantastic. So I, I know last year was kind of a rough year, uh, but it seems <laughs> like you, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, to say the least, it just feels a little bit better to say it that way now because we don't yeah. need to be all doom and gloom. Yeah, right. Um, so tell us about Secret Identity Pictures, and then we'll talk a little bit about that great film uh, that, that came out of there already. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, so... Uh, basically I've been an independent filmmaker for, uh, many years. Um, and I've had good experience with distributors and bad experience with distributors, but, um, I kind of got to this point where I wanted to start collecting my films back, you know, mm. to me. Um, you know, most, uh, distribution deals go about seven years or whatever. And it was like, so a couple of my earlier films were like coming up and I'm like, I want to do this, but I don't want to deal with the nonsense that I had to deal with the first time. And, you know, the, the, you know, you've heard all the horror stories, you know, people don't get paid or people get mm -hmm. paid, but they get paid a portion or they just drop the ball completely. And I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I could do this better. So like with uh, my business partner, uh, a guy named Brad Tatunjian, who's a more of a business guy than I am. I'm more of the creative side. Um, but we started this company, Secret Identity Pictures, and we just started like pulling back some of my films. And uh, then we uh, got to our first uh, acquirement was a movie called The In-Between, which is um, director, writer Mindy Bledsoe's film. And uh, it's just come out. So it's our first kind of rollout thing. And we're very excited about it. That's good. Right. Great to hear. Oh, Manny, we're going to follow immediately. Oh yeah, I, I was gonna Go say ahead. I had the privilege of actually talking to uh, Jennifer Stone and Mindy Bledsoe about the film. Uh, it it was really really well done, very informative and in a very natural way. And and so uh, it's it's fun that you guys the way that that was all put together to the film was was uh, really a fun story. Well, yeah, that was one of my favorite things about it. it. First of all, I love all those people. I know them, you know, for like I've directed Jennifer Stone in another movie, and Mindy was my producer on another movie, so especially in independent film, uh, working with the creatives that you love and that you've gotten to work with before and, you know, you know, do a great job. It's kind of a no brainer, but, um, you know, the, the film is basically about these uh, two women who set up on a road trip and they both are suffering from, you know, invisible diseases, you know, and I didn't really have a frame of reference for that. So just like you were saying, I learned so much you know, about the struggles, you know, that are happening. And I think that's a very interesting niche market, you know, that isn't being served right now and isn't being represented in film. So uh, for me, it was kind of a, again, a no brainer of like, I really love the film and I'm like, let's do this thing. It really, uh, pro projects like that allow you to really uh, um, dig into that, that passion you got for for the independent side of of things to to begin with, because you get to find those little uh, niche corners that that have a a very very passionate audience or passionate creator who will release something that cr create creates a passionate audience. Uh, how how do you f feel about having that type of potential 
uh, to to quote Al Alfred Molina and Sp Spider-Man 2, you know, the, the power of the sun in the palm of your hands. I just realized my mic's turned to the side. That might be the problem. I was gaming earlier with my son. Sorry about that, people. There we go. <laughs> well, look, anybody that quotes Doc Ock is okay in my book. All there, right. There we go. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you I, could. I, you could always release that one. Not even on purpose. Boom. There, there it goes. Just drop it. I, I'm putting in my repertoire right now. Uh, I, no, I think it, it's awesome. And it's like, it, it's an awesome, um, uh, you know, we, with great power comes this great responsibility. I don't know if you know uh, that. But it's also, <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, but it, it's just really cool to be able to support filmmakers. And, you know, like I, I started making independent film when I was about 26 and now I'm not 26 anymore. So it's really cool to be able to take the experiences that I've had and the lessons that I've learned and try to uh, guide, you know, other filmmakers through it. Um, you know, again, I've been, I've been lucky where so far I've only worked with people that I already think are, you know, tremendously talented. And now the next step is like reaching out and finding this, the, the next filmmaker that I can, you know, hopefully take their vision a little higher than they could without me. I like that. I I, I do. I, you know, it, it's we we can't we can't deny that you gotta uh, uh, make some money to get some money to spend the money to make some more money. But there's also that that aspect of like we're we're talking the the passionate audiences and and the creators that find that drive to cut this corner, ask the this friend. Pull, pull the, this favor, find this, this windfall. And when, when it all comes together, uh, um, amazing stories end up coming out, not just what we see on screen, but, but everything that, that went on behind the camera to make that happen. And then the stories, those, those cast members and crew members are going to get to car carry on forward is just, it's gotta be a really, really cool thing to, to see. I've, I've always really wanted to see more behind the scenes. I miss the glory days of DVD, uh, like documentaries and the behind the scenes stuff. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you here. completely. Like I always talk about, I always refer to it as movie camp. Like we're going to movie camp right now and we're going to, you know, have these stories. And then especially when you're directing something, you, you connect so much in a paternal way to everybody and then they go off and do another job and you're just like hey how are you you doing okay you know are you, are you enjoying college or you know whatever the <laughs> but you feel like such a nerd after it's yeah. all over because they move on but as the director and as the distributor actually you keep pushing this thing all the time like something that i talked about a lot uh, in the past is like when you're a filmmaker you don't just uh, make a touchdown and spike the football and walk away. You carry the football with you for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. like literally for the rest of your life. The movie I made in 2006 is I'm still, you know, taking care of it and making sure that I'm backing up drives and that it exists. And because it was all of these people's work, not just mine, it was mm -hmm. you know, a, a group effort. And it's my job to make sure that it doesn't disintegrate, right? Uh, and I think that in looking into the um, distribution world, there are so many films, so many films that we saw as kids, right? Mm -hmm. That just, you don't see anymore. Like, where did that movie go? That movie, I used to see it all the time. And, you know, probably mm -hmm. what happened is the distributor, you know, got bored with it or it, the, the filmmaker 
isn't pursuing it anymore, but like they just drop the ball and then a movie disappears that we used to know. I, I don't know. I think it's a really fascinating thing and that having somebody to curate that and protect it is, uh, is a cool job that I think uh, I, I'm looking forward to do. That's awesome. Awesome here, Manny. Yeah. And I think you have the probably the greatest perspective because you've done it all, you know, from acting to writing to directing. And so as a, as a distributor, now you, you kind of get, a, you, you know, exactly what each step of the way entails. And, and thus I think makes you probably make you a way better distributor. <laughs> well, th thank you. That's the, ho that's the hope, you know, is that we'll uh, avoid all of the, you know, bad experiences that I had, you know, when my mind melted, you know, like my, my first movie came out and it was out of sync. You know, Ooh. like if you can imagine, you know, just a couple frames, but enough mm -hmm. to like, it's imperfect. It's this thing right. that you work so hard on and it's imperfect. It's, it's flawed forever. As long as that, you know, DVD exists, it's messed up. So, you know, and there's a million stories. Um, and, you know, most of it is not like that big a deal. It's just small little issues that I think the filmmaker perspective would see this is a bigger deal than you think it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, let's get in front of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a great example. Uh, so here on, here on the Daily Cog on, on uh, Fridays, which is uh, when this segment's going to be released, we do, we do um, Friday Frights, as we call yep. them. And so uh, I could not help, but I don't know if, uh, if Kyle got a chance to watch it, but to talk about Getaway, yeah, uh, which uh, <laughs> you, we directed and, and wrote. I, I got to tell you, you get slasher films. <laughs> that, was, that was so good. Oh, uh, and, and you got like the teenagers right and, and their little melodramatic moments and, and, and who's sleeping with who and whatnot. And then you just got this guy taking them out one by one you know, in this awesome kind of scarecrow mask. And I was like, this film is dope. I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it so much. It, it was, it was everything I thought a slasher film should be. Uh, you talk a little bit about that film. Sure. That makes me feel really good, but it's <laughs> streaming on Amazon prime right now, if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, but no, it, it was uh, the hardest shoot I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, I've had my share of night shoots, never oh, like this. Uh, and, you know, it was very, very indie. It was like, you know, basically I was supposed to, I was signed up to do this uh, thriller kind of thing uh, and had the script and everything was beautiful. And then that fell through. And so I was about to leave the location. And then we were like, well, you know, this was the first movie that Secret Identity Pictures threw money into to make. Uh, I was like, we could make something while we're here. Let's, you know, so it was very creative and crazy. And Chad McLarnon, who was my uh, DP, but also came on as a producer because of his deep well of horror knowledge. Like, like he thinks that I'm just some kid that wandered off the street. He's like, Halloween, <laughs> look at this film that nobody's ever heard of. You know, and he <laughs> would, uh, <laughs> uh, so we would every night we, you know, I, I would write and then, every night we would talk about what we can achieve at this level. And mm. so that movie coming out well is one of the things I'm most proud of in this world because it was such a difficult shoot. You know, uh, sometimes you're making a movie and things just pop and you're like, look, you know, I got, you know, Mark Harmon over here and John Cryer over here and Jane Lynch. What could go wrong? All I have to do is aim a camera at them and let them <laughs> be. And then sometimes you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. What time is it? Where's the sound? 
is the sound working today? That kind of thing. And that, that was that movie. But like, at the end of the day, we got to make something that's really fun. And I think scary, but like, just thrill a minute on the edge of your seats, uh, slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, Things like that, and and I I might even be re- reaching into a, a super deep cut here, but um that type of indie feel, that type of passion for what what we call the the source material, even though slasher films don't really have like a so you you think about the 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 big three when you think about the source material, but Sleepaway Camp comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, uh. Uh, one of my absolute favorite uh, horror movies of all time, and my my uh, my top slasher film is uh, but behind the mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon, which is another in- independent take on that that genre that that we love that feeds so many subgenres of of horror and in- into slashers. Um, also, got- very meta, which is how Getaway yep. is. meta. We you know yep. we try to go into the movie making process in getaway mm-hmm. and like that movie is so creative and so good i think it's a great one to drop and it's it's an amazing way to uh i i like and it's great how you bring up the the um the meta aspect of it because it kind of uh like i said it allows us to get a, a look at some of the the stuff from behind the the scenes in a d- different con context. One of the things, and I, I want to, M- Manny and I have uh, t- talked about it with with each other. I wonder since you got the behind the scenes uh, to take on it, we we've always thought humor and and horror seem to go along re- really well. And you you, you notice uh, guys like. Um, uh, uh, Jordan Peele and the uh, gentleman doing um, uh, the Halloween movies right right now. Uh, really really funny guy, and I'm I'm mis- missing his name. Um, Danny McBride is they, thank you thank you Danny McBride. Do you find a lot of really funny funny people that are just knee deep in in horror and love their blood bloody mess? I think it's like this. I think you can't you know. the horror movies that I like are super fun. You know, Mm -hmm. there are the ones that are very dark and, you know, I mean, look, the strangers broke something inside me. Uh, Like, (laughs) I still, you know, think about scenes from that. Uh, But, you know, you you had, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Who is from Always Sunny in that movie who kind of added a little levity. But like the, the fun aspect that I like to make movies, not necessarily about that, that are quote unquote comedies, mm-hmm. but are dramas about funny people, right? Like everyone in the movie has a sense of humor and maybe responds to high stress situations with humor. Um, and I feel like horror is a perfect situation for that, where like this crazy stuff is happening and you have smart, witty people arguing with each other about how to survive the night there's opportunity for some funny stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think Getaway does that well. I, I, I did a thriller, more like a film noir kind of thing called Cut to the Chase, which, you know, I laugh at like from the beginning to end, but I, that's me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love that. And I, I agree completely. They, you really can't have one without the other, especially the slasher flicks. 
Mm-hmm. Slasher flicks have to have some kind of sense of humor about them, or yeah. you know, it's just dire. <laughs> uh, that's that's what made Scream such an instant classic. Was again the, the meta a- aspect of it, the the playing off the the stereotypes that everyone get, gets annoyed at, but still eat, eats up in every horror movie, and showing how you can use that to to the advantage. And yeah. It, it, uh, it's just such a wonderful sandbox to to play in horror is. I think that's very well put. Like, you know, oh, and like this was the kind of thing of like, we had this opportunity to make a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and how many people have that opportunity? I know enough that it's a rare uh, occurrence and that if you have it, you should grab it. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we made a movie for much less than we thought that we had, but we were like, let's make this horror movie. What should we do? What can we do? What and it, it was just this constant creating on the on the fly. And luckily, I had some very talented people that I was working with. You know, I'll make my last my last question for for my la- last question for for you on the that technical side. Uh, you you mentioned uh, backing your your films and projects up and making sure there's you know storage and things like that. People don't understand that. In many ways, film can be easier to store securely because it's not susceptible to things like EMPs and and things like that. So if you've got the proper storage, film could theoretically last a a lot more. Um, But we we can't deny how much easier digital's made filmmaking. Uh, Do you find it to be a a double-edged sword? Are you fully embracing into uh, uh, digital things or... Uh, where do you kind of like see uh, indie film? Because I know a lot of people really like to reach back and touch that that tangible film still in, in the indie side of things. What what do you feel about uh, the d- digital filmmaking in that? Yeah, I honestly, I mean, honestly, I fall firmly in the digital world because I would not be a director if it wasn't for the digital possibilities. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I did. Um, I do voiceover sometimes, and I do the voice of Peter Pan for Disney. Mm-hmm. Don't normally drop that in the film uh, interviews, but uh, it, wait, it allowed wait, me it. some money. <laughs> yeah. And so I went and I directed my first feature. And uh, I did that because of where we are technically or where we were technically in 2006, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that has allowed me to continue making movies, you know? Um, and like because I know what can be accomplished with the digital media, I have never shot a film on film. I want to. I love it. I'm just like those people who mm-hmm. love the the film, the texture, and the distance, and the all that stuff. And I'd like to do that, but like I'm one of those guys where I can't seem to turn down the opportunity to do it. You know, like, yeah. I can't wait for another you know half million. You know so we can do that i'm like well we can do it now on the red or the black magic or you know whatever fancy you know that's not my world either right I'm, right <laughs> I, I let my dp choose you know the the format but uh yeah but someday i i, I can't wait to do it and i know i guarantee you it's going to piss me off like nobody's business having to wait yeah. I'm like, what <laughs> what are we doing what do you mean i can only take two uh, takes what do you mean yeah. two takes yeah like i'm the king of like what is it 11 one more just do one more (laughs) and then we'll get out of here nice (laughs) one to zero Uh, doesn't cost any extra money you know very cool uh manny i'm 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 spent man 
I'm good. <laughs> well, I got my technical of, side. I love that. <laughs> speaking of digital, my my, my favorite. I, I love speaking with indie filmmakers, and and don't get me wrong, big studio is fun too for in its own reasons. But uh, finding out things like we only had 15 days to shoot, or our budget got cut a third uh, while we were on set, or or I even had a director said, yeah, for the set, I had to run to Goodwill in the morning to get props. And then we were putting it all together. So, I mean, stories like that really, really uh, tell me how pa- the, the passionate, how passionate you guys are really in what you do. And and so when when you say, yeah, I want to do film, I mean, it has its place. And, and, you know, you can be all artistic if you want. But at the end of the day, I think it's you have a vision, you have a story to tell and you want to share with the world. And sometimes it's something very, very personal or sometimes it's just a fun story. Yeah, no, to, well, I, to your point about, you know, the, the, the stories, the in-between is one of the sexiest indie film stories, like, I know. It's like, basically, you know, Mindy Bledsoe, who's a, the director, lead actress, right, she edited a movie called Santa Girl that I directed, okay. starring Jennifer Stump. So uh, when I came to L.A. to edit the film with Mindy, they met, you know, and then like in just a a mutual admiration society kind of thing. They're like, we should write something together. We should do something. And Mindy had a horror script that she was like, what about this? And Jen was like, ah, I did a horror movie a couple of years ago that did, I hated and you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, so they changed it and they made it their movie and they wrote it together Mm -hmm. along with Rob Senska, who's the DP. And Mm -hmm. then they got in cars and drove across the country shooting. Like, that's insane to me. Like, they call, Mindy called and said, I'd love for you to come and join. And I'm like, I'm delivering this other movie. And I'm like, I can't do it. But I think it's insane. And I think it's awesome. <laughs> and like, when I saw the finished product, I'm like, you know how many things can go wrong when you have a DP and a producer and two actors in two cars driving across the country? I mean, that's, there's so many possibilities of disaster. And literally, they shot the movie. They had the microphone in the car with the two of them and a DP in the back and a producer following them. Like, isn't that nuts? And it turned out so lovely. And it's so um, personal and uh, like, uh, it's such a lovely movie. I'm just so proud of them. But it's got to be Indie Factor 12. (laughs) Yeah, it's got to it's got to be like peak. uh, um, Like self-realization because i every person i i know out there in this country at least has had at least one moment of life where they're like i want to take that great american road trip that great east to west north to south south of where you know that great crossing a you know half or or more of the the, this country and uh i actually got a chance to to do that when i uh a military move uh my first as an, an adult in the military myself. Uh, and when we talk about opportunities, uh, not just the, the opportunity of a lifetime like that, but the weird stuff you'll see. I saw a dead kangaroo in the middle of Arkansas on <laughs> I-40. No, no joke. Where that belongs. No joke. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, and we, we weren't anywhere near like Little Rock where I'm guessing might be the, the nearest zoo. So yeah, that... It's such a great setting to to take uh, to to make make something. Well, and, and think about finishing a ten hour drive and then mm-hmm. shooting a scene. 
Exactly. I'm like, no way, man, that sounds awful. I want to, you know, drink a lot and, you know, go to whatever (laughs) the most they're most famous for in that town. That's Mm -hmm. what I want to do. I I don't want to, you know, deal with my lines at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I think the other very, very difficult thing about it is that, and something we talked about it when, when we talked, um, you get one shot to shoot it because when you, when you go to that editing room in the end, you, it's not like you can do a reshoot somewhere because you know you were really on location and and you you had one shot to, to get it all all right there's no we're gonna go retake the shot or two. what you got is what you got so it's totally. very impressive hey, yeah it's uh they they did a herculean uh you know job and uh the the movie is so great and it's out now and it's uh available in itunes and Amazon and all the places where you go and DVD and Blu-rays, you can get it, um, you know, the uh, secretidentitypictures.com or the com, either one of those. Um, but yeah, it's out there and I can't wait for more people to see it. Outstanding. I'll, I'll go ahead and also plug my interview with them, uh, which is available on here, the mm-hmm. YouTube channel for LRM online. <laughs> yeah. And uh, absolutely, please do go, go check it check it out support uh indie filmmakers and and definitely uh dig into the those deep deep cut li- libraries out there cuz there's there's some real real gems out there yeah thank you so much blaine i really really appreciate you being on here man thank you guys great meeting you and like you know we'll be talking again in the future i hope absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. you've you've got manny's n- number and or you know contact we say not number so colloquially and <laughs> and people that are in that uh uh millennial gen gen x and 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 beyond uh we we still think in that old tech way. So yeah, well, we, we'd love to, we love to pr- promote anything and everything we can. Well, Absolutely. Snapchat you, right? All right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Pleasure guys. Yeah. Please do check out, uh, uh, Blaine's work. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry. I'm dr- I do have a, a for- former he- uh, brain injury and I've drawn another blank on the title of the, the movie we just said. The In-Between. The, the In-Between. between. Thank you. I had the upside down. I'm like, no, that's Stranger Things. Damn it. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take care. All right. That was an outstanding interview. Thank you again so much, Blaine, for, for joining us. I hope you guys uh, check that out. Check out the movies. Uh, uh, give them a watch. Really, really interesting stuff. I love I love getting into technical th- things like that. And, you know, you mentioned David Ayer b- before the break and before the interview. Uh, y- you want to talk about technical things? Oh, my God, dude. That letter <laughs> that, that he released, like, I I figured there's plenty of, of experience there and things like Training Day, but I didn't expect there to be that that much and that, that much personal. Like, holy shit. So for those of you that, that might not know uh, – uh, David Ayer <laughs> directed uh, the the first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, not not the version we we saw, but he he does have a cut of the film that he says is is his, and he says it's more more complete than than uh, Snyder's Justice League ever ever was. Which fucking Manny and I telling everyone that that never existed. People they they did a lot of work for for that. Um, he he had a, a film critic say uh, that he should give give up his um his uh, uh c- cut I don't want to say crusade but you know p- push to see his cut released and uh because of how good James Gunn's is and dude just 
unloaded on them and i'm trying to bring bring up the the tweet now i have it up already <clears throat> can you uh do a screen share um uh, i'll bring it up you start reading start talking yeah so i mean <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna read the whole thing but yeah. in, in essence some of the things he said were, were were really things he had never actually said in public as far as yep. how how uh how much it hurt him and how much it meant to him and how much was actually changed. Uh, he said, uh, I put my life into suicide squad. I made something amazing. My cut is intricate and emotion and an emotional journey with some bad people who are shit. And no Riza. Shh. On and discarded. The studio cut is not my movie. Read that again. And my cut is not the 10 week director's cut. It's a fully mature edit by Lee Smith standing on the incredibly <laughs> work by John Gilroy. It's all Stephen Price's brilliant score with not a single radio song in the whole thing. Damn. It has traditional character arcs, amazing performances, and a solid third act resolution. A handful of people have seen it. If somebody says they have seen it, they haven't. Uh, part of it also said... Um, so, yeah, should I be clear by now that I don't have any quit in me? Mm -hmm. Never have. And why should I? Uh, Jesus Christ, Variety, edit your damn articles. Uh, there are so many bad, uh, so many edits here. Uh, every day, uh, breathing is a gift. I thought my story was going to end and in, a, in a grave or a cell long ago. So these I'm living are so that so. I, I can't read it off of here, man. It's all right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of <laughs> lot of ty typo those in there. You can tell it's emotional. Dude's not even yeah. caring about trying uh, to so, make this look or, or or sound any any other way than just getting his thoughts on on paper. I think um, I think uh, the the biggest intense. line was coming up is after um so the the so these I'm living are bonus rounds. I am so honored and blessed to have the career I do. Quit. After my kids watch me come home every day after the studio takeover of the edit with my heart torn out, who would I be to them if I quit? That right there mm -hmm. says everything. And but he is still quite the gentleman because he does finish off by saying, I support WB and I'm thrilled with the franchise. It's getting the legs that it needs. I'm rooting for everyone, the cast, the crew. Yep. Every movie is a miracle. And James brilliant work will be the miracles of miracles. I appreciate your patience. I will no longer speak publicly on this matter. That, that, pff, mic drop. Not, nothing else to say. Say. Yeah. So, um, who the hell was making decisions at WB back then, man? Because uh, was it wasn't uh, Hamada? Was that his name? Yeah. I don't think it was him at at that that point. Let's I think see. it was right after, right that maybe, that he came maybe. in. Maybe. But I mean, they brought they brought what's his name in right around the time that this this came out. I don't know if maybe he might have shadow worked on it or or not. I don't I don't know. Um, but look, uh, but I mean, a perfect example is, but like, is it like you can everyone can debate you know till the cows come home mm -hmm. about what they think of of the of Scott Snyder, sorry Zack Snyder's yeah, of Justice it. League. Uh, but it was it was definitely a better movie, uh, just leagues uh, better a better movie yeah. than, than the theatrical cut. Uh, so it, it does make you wonder. Um, 
you know, what day, cause, cause it, to, to me, it did baffle my mind. And I think I, I talked to my uh, girlfriend after we watched um, the first suicide squad is um, David Ayer should have, should have nailed this mm-hmm. like that, that movie, um, that movie should have been very, very good, you know, with the resume that, that he had come going into it. And, and, it, and it just shocked me the movie that, that we got, and and seeing this letter, and I mean, I also had an idea of, of that something like that happening, but that's uh, I don't think that's not, that's not the movie he made. That's not no. the movie he was trying to make uh, at all. John's name is on the, this as EP. Uh, you got Hor- Horowitz as co-producer with Alex Ott. Of course, the Snyder's on on EP because uh, it was d- during that time, and then John's as as EP on the the first Suicide Squad movie. And I and I and I've always considered Jeff Johns to be such a such a integral part of of DC lore, especially in comics. Uh, it seems like he's been involved with a lot of controversial projects, and um, I'm not sure what to make of it. Yeah, you start wondering like, was he brought in as a figurehead to be like, hey, we brought the comic book guy over for you guys, and was he throwing ideas at them and and having them swatted away or not, or are these his ideas you know what know what i'm mm-hmm. saying i don't know dude because he was he was also involved in green lantern mm-hmm. and we know what a mess that was yeah so um feige was involved in so some really bad fox movies so yeah this is true you know um, it's hard to tell what is whose fault because of how many hands yeah, how many good idea fairies exist, and and, and also production. just how much transition of power there had been at Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. We had heard multiple switches during that time, and uh, it, it just it just sucks because because uh, he, he he's in a position where Snyder got his cut, mm-hmm. and at least he got validation for that. And they spent money on it, a lot right. of money on it. And then uh, here comes uh, Gun, and makes another Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like ninety nine percent around Tomatoes. Everyone's excited. People who have seen it have called it a masterpiece. I have too. I, I love it. it it's mm-hmm. it's going to be one of the best comic movies ever released. And he he ha- he kind of has to sit in the shadows and just. And, and take 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 the criticism for a film that he did not make hmm. and I mean and it makes me think also it's like maybe the Joker wasn't so bad but we don't know that because yeah. of the way it was cut maybe yeah. I'll say the aesthetics still would p- piss me off no matter how g- great the performance I I, I thought he was way. I thought he was I thought he was a little too over the top mm-hmm. like there, there's a, there's a very, there's a better. Anyway, that's not the point. Yeah, it's set in um, '97, right? The new one. Oh, is that '97 now? Okay. '97 now. Um, little white lies. Uh, not a single gag lands, and most of them offend. This might actually be worse than the first one. <laughs> I don't know who Lillian Crawford is, but she obviously does not understand the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, and and look, that's that's why I I love that I love it when someone puts in their their context. You uh-huh. can obviously tell from this why they gave it a low score. However, I will say this: 
they and I'm I'm not bringing up their full review. We I don't know how long or ha- have time, but uh, I I I don't like it if this is the only reason you're going to give it a a bad score. You're not. Are you? Did you look at any technical things? You know, maybe. I'm not saying she's bad, but you know, maybe. But yeah, dude, this is this getting rave, rave reviews. It's crazy. Yeah. Guardians of Galaxy style goofing. I'm just looking for negative ones to see what ne- negative things are being said, not to to say that oh, it's it's got net negative. Uh, Guardians style goofiness mixed with lingering shots of maimed. Oh, we lo- we read that one. Yeah, yesterday. We saw that one already. Yeah. Yeah. So there there's two. So is that it? Just just two out of seventy eight. Yeah, T- two out of seventy eight. I think it was uh, total that uh aren't aren't exactly 76 two out of 76 damn <laughs> damn hey, oh my god good I'm, for them they they their their uh their site's called little white lies and mm-hmm. then they're they're under their subtext is truth and movies okay <laughs> uh so sorry. i'm 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 I, I'm not going to say it, but I, I'm guessing the machismo in this film is probably an issue for a lot of people at a, at a site like that. So I don't know. Yeah, just just by the, just, I just just by the opening statement in their, in their review, I could tell exactly. that yeah. very, um skewed. Yeah. And that's like, fine. As long as you give context that that's why your, your point is skewed, you know? No, um, it, it's like, it's like, Oh, uh, it says, uh, the Suicide Squad, in all but name, a sequel to David Ayer's. It's not. A, it's not a sequel. Uh, that's number one. <laughs> it, it's. It, it just <laughs> is. It just uh, okay. Is. <laughs> uh, DC and DC is desperate to wipe the slate clean. We know this because of the title is precedented by the definite article. A promise to get things right the second time around. So I mean, they they went and they went into this movie already rolling their eyes. Yeah. So, yeah. It is what it is. I mean. You know, look, look here. Here's a prime example, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep keep it short. You you and I have have taken uh flat for certain opinions that that uh we we've stated out there that don't even necessarily uh, attack anything. Oh, um, you know what? In the and in their sorry, I'm sorry. To, go ahead. Uh, yeah, they they spent an entire paragraph talking about how how Gunn got fired from Disney. <laughs> and about his jokes and about okay i know where this is coming from all yeah, right we're good yeah, we don't need to read this anymore we are there's the golden. there's the context i was looking for i i, I was a hundred hundred yep got it um but like like i i think think i was uh saying you know we, we take flat for for our our points of view but at least every every time we give a a, a take on a on a story or a character you and i at least do look for is there something positive on on the technical side? Was there good cinematography, good music? Was there, a, you know, like in the the uh, prequel Star Wars trilogy, you have Ewan McGregor doing a really good job with really mm-hmm. shitty writing. People can say that all all day day long, but man, we're we're getting to this point now to where you can't even say uh, the the prequel trilogy writing sucked but obi-wan did a good job with what he had no you have to like obi-wan's thing and and if you don't it's it's bad and 
if if we deem that you're not supposed to like something and you do because there there's that other side of the the coin on the Ghostbuster side of things where it's like how dare you guys be be happy about this and not like 2016 like holy shit man like I, my my thing is a movie can be technically not very well done mm-hmm. but you can still have a good time a lot of good time that's the other side of that um, coin <laughs> Fast Nine is a perfect example of that that is a clusterfuck of a movie yeah. But it's still fun it, for the wrong for the wrong reasons, but but it's yeah. fun. And not not saying that I'm going to watch it again or that I necessarily highly recommend it. But, but you're not but, uh, horribly upset that you saw it. But I, I wasn't sitting there like about to get up out of my seat because this was so bad. It, it was it was fun in a different way. Um, I think I, I had a lot of fun with with Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's, it's just here. fun when you when you when you see certain kills and things like that. It was it was was there some aspects of it I didn't like? Yeah. But for the most part, I had fun and I enjoyed it. It's um, I don't know if people know this, but movies are for a good time. Yeah. You, they're for entertainment, usually escapism, as we talk about. And and then sometimes you got to, you know, it's, it's our job to say, was this good? No. Uh, Black Widow was fun at times, but I, I thought there was a lot of issues with it. That's just that's just the way it is. Um, and Suicide Squad, I feel like it's it's a it's a complete movie, uh, whatever. And, and but we can go up and down. Like I think I think a perfect example is I, I didn't like. My only issue with with Masters of the Universe was the fact that I wanted I personally wanted to see He Man because I right I I wasn't I haven't seen anything from the original stuff and I thought this was going to be kind of like a gateway to to getting to know the character. And instead, I got something a little different. And while the show was enjoyable, I, I didn't like that. I, it was it was an enjoyment factor. And then people were like, "He's like, oh, well, you know, it's called Master of the Universe." Like, no, that's, I I said it was fine. Like the show's fine. Like I, I'm gonna keep watching it. But I'm just telling you that I want I personally wanted more human. Yeah. So um, I can get that. I can get that. But yeah, man, I of Discovery. Let, let's air do something with this film, man. Uh, if it's as done as he says it is, why not? You guys. I mean, he said he says he has a score it. for it done, yeah. and, everything. and I and I'm 100 percent interested in seeing his film without the uh, the overplayed now. I mean, because it, it is, and and James Gunn's the one who started it. Let's not. Well, he didn't start it, but he made it real popular with with Guardians of the Galaxy to add all the 80s music, and and that's well, all it is. It's all way, a yeah, good time 60s, now. Into, yeah, and yeah. and now everybody does it. So yeah, well, yeah, Warner Brothers literally said turns. Su- I I remember I've said this before. Correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, but back when the movie was first announced, didn't DC like play around with the idea that it wasn't part of the DCEU, and then they shoved the Batman cameo into it later? Uh, like what weren't they talking like it was going to be outside? At first, and then it slowly changed over over time. I got that memory in my head, but I've, I, I don't remember. I've been that. hit in the head, so I'm. It might be a fake memory, but re- regardless, uh, it, it's obvious how much studio execs got involved from everyone that's talked about it and said, "Make it Guardians." That's basically, basically. what they did. Yeah. So, and then it was a rated R film. It doesn't work that way. If you're if you're gonna go full R, go full R. Don't don't start tiptoeing on the on the line and just make something 
to make for the sake of making something. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I, 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 I'm very curious to know what his third act is, too. Yeah. What? Because I thought the one that they put in was kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just the, hate the fucking gyrating. What the hell? Like, no, normally, you know, aesthetically pleasing things to the eye are cool, but that was just weird in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and I wonder if his film takes the focus a little bit more away from Harley mm. uh, instead of her being the focal point. And, and a lot of questions, and I think they'd be resolved with let us see the damn film. Yeah. That's it, and and I mean I don't I don't want to sound like one of these guys with the tinfoil hats, um, but I, I think it's I, th- I think it'd be fair, especially if if you let Snyder do his, and kind of now with this response and everything, mm-hmm. just it's gonna cost you less than than Snyder's did. <laughs> what do you what do you think of the the chances of him having a digital copy? Do you, because it, like we brought up in the interview about digital, you know, filmmaking and and digital backups for for projects and stuff, man. Do you see a chance someday where where some not necessarily air or or Suicide Squad, but do you see a chance where someone could straight up drop something the studio doesn't want them to release, like stealth drop it to to you know, some Dropbox or WikiLeaks fucking cloud storage no, I, thing. No, hell no. I wonder Absolutely. if anyone would ever do do something like I've that. I've never future. heard of anyone doing anything like that. So No, no, you wouldn't. They, this would be a first no. first time. Nah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Because the only reason I bring bring it up is looking at the, the bl- blindsidedness of the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit because of how quickly it came out of nowhere and how – Again, emotional it feels, right? It feels like emotions are very high surrounding that that story. And I I look at us as a as a society and as a species and I, I see how re- reactionary we we are these days. Look how quick we are to fire something off on social media. Look how quick we are to to say things that that we regret simply because we're not face to face with somebody. And and look how many tweets and posts have to be d- deleted. How many apology videos have to go go out? I I just people don't necessarily handle things the same way. And again, I'm not saying air. I'm not saying this movie. I'm saying in the the future. Some twenty-year-old kid today makes their their movie at at you know twenty-eight, and something you know happens, and and their cut's not what get gets released. It, I don't see it being that hard to do, and I don't. I, I dude, there's a lot of vindictiveness out there, and and my my biggest bigger point to this is, studios take care of your people. That's what I'm get, getting at because I can see that potentially ha- imagine if that did happen imagine if you have a similar situation let's 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 say a a, a reboot of of iron man or some shit like that mm-hmm. right and there's two cuts there's a, an iron man reboot that gets released that everyone hates and an iron man reboot that that the the cast and crew swears is good right imagine if somebody just stealth drops that that good one right imagine what it would do to to marvel and disney yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening. I, I think that's that's way over the line. <laughs> it, 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 dude, 
that would be people have done some really fucked up shit to creators though what what's happening that that is is fucked up so -hmm. that's why i'm saying like studios take care of your people because i I saw i saw a tweet right now that made me kind of raise my eyebrow a little bit i didn't i I didn't really think about that but um I think Disney. Well, you you were very upset actually a couple of weeks ago about some of the treatment some of these uh, Star Wars yeah, authors are getting absolutely from Disney, and the then con- uh, the contracts are bullshit. You guys, it would not be that hard to to renegotiate and still give them pennies on those covers. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I can sympathize with Disney's business aspect. They have a responsibility for the other projects, the other Marvel projects they have a responsibility to their shareholders and to their consumers i get that the the point is take care of your your people you know Uh, i'm not saying that they didn't take care of scarlett johansson she obviously feels that they didn't uh we will have to wait on the full details but the overall thing is take care of your people and also take mm -hmm. care of yourself get 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 your your shit in writing as often as as you can and detailed as you can with, with contingencies. And then also the Los Angeles Times had reported uh, about a week ago that, that a judge had granted a class action status um, in workers' lawsuit against Disneyland for wages. Wow. So, uh, I mean... If you start, if you start kind of putting this all together, who do you really, who do you really trust? I mean, I still think that this, in this case, it is, it has to do with the way the movie, unfortunately, had to be released. Yeah. But if you start, you know, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a mongoose. It's a duck. No, you're right, man. It it is. There's just, they're just so, they they are probably the epitome of the the greedy capitalist pigs that you you want you aspire to be i i, I do do but see the thing <laughs> is i've got a re- really good because the the military teaches you you know leadership styles and ma- management styles that are very compartmentalized and 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 um i i like that bi- business aspect of it like i i like the idea of i i don't have to necessarily uh berate you or, or take advantage of you t- to make money but I mm-hmm. definitely do want to come up with like that next fidget spinner thing that gives you pleasure that you enjoy. But I'm definitely appealing to the lowest common denominator of the human brain and, and taking advantage of that. But you still get something out of it. I like that greedy capitalist pig providing <laughs> no, you comfort joke. and service, <laughs> but still raking in off of your your I don't want to say idiocy, but simple pleasures. There we go. Simple it, pleasures. Just, I want to do that. <laughs> it's just interesting how they spare no expense except paying their employees. And look, it's 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 because they need to bring in in uh, uh, customers, and the only way you bring in customers is to expand and change things. And when you do that, it co- costs money, and you got to save save costs somewhere. It, it's it's all a, a, a cycle, and it's just like. Oh God, man! We we could get into the the, the ta- taxes and spending and inflation and how everything affects a- everything else. Yeah. But um, the the overall point is, it everything works better when businesses, consumers, and employees balance out the negatives of doing business. You you got to spread the costs of doing business across the business itself the the employees on on cost saving and then your consumers by 
charging them X amount for for goods and services. You have to you have to spread out the the bad parts of of worldwide business. And some people are good at it, and some people aren't. And the bad thing is, a lot of us on the outside we only see one or two of those sides. Yeah, on the news, and so everyone rails against a, a certain company, and when you, when the company's in the wrong, like Disney on the on on the 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 Star Wars books, wrong morally, not legally. And again, here where we're we're looking at, you know, what is the legal standpoint? Like I said, Disney's got a leg to stand on because of the the pandemic and the the effect on other others, but we can wholly see. Disney does some really shady fucking shit with their business. So even if they've got a good legal leg to stand on, do they have a moral leg, leg to stand on? You know, it's who point point being read, research, listen, don't, 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 don't get too don't get too bent out of shape on a tweet. That's also true. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. <laughs> don't, don't get too bent out of shape on a tweet. Yeah, that's a whole other topic, and so will so will Chucky because I I do want to talk talk about it next next week. But because of the interview, the great interview with you guys, definitely if you skipped ahead, go back and check it out. It was it was awesome, fun, but a lot of fun talking to, to Blaine. Um, you guys, please check out our YouTube channel uh, if you're not watching us on there now. Man, Manny and I do do this show on video there all all, all week long, and there's a lot of really ama- amazing interviews that that go up almost every single day. We recently had had Matt Damon and uh, on on Stillwater uh, on his f- film Stillwater. We we've had Martin Sheen re- recently. Uh, things from from Lego Masters Ma- Master Chef, right? Master Chef. Yeah, uh, we we've had a whole whole bunch of th- things going on. Uh, bad bad batch. Uh, fuck, we had Taskmaster on. Okay, come on now. Uh, so so check that out. Please hit subscribe. Help us break the forty five hundred mark by by the time you guys are listening to this, if if we haven't already, and then help us break that five thousand mark, like in the next uh, t- two months or something like that. I don't know. Hit subscribe. Help us out. Share us with some, some friends and family. Follow fo- follow. Bleh. Follow us on uh, your favorite podcast app, wherever you get them. It's free. Why not? And, of course, check out LRM on, online every day for all of your entertainment news, needs, and, and opinions. Manny, you got anything to say before we leave? Hi. Now, um, yeah, yeah, great, great interviews. Make sure you go head out to the theaters today. We have interviews for Stillwater uh, that are up on the site, including with Matt Damon. Uh, and and a lot more, so be sure to um, be sure to do that. And I like da- Damon. I do the Team Fortress or Team Team Fortress Team America thing just as a as a meme. I like a lot of Matt Day. I even liked uh, downsizing. I found that to be uh, just a really trippy fucking mo- movie uh, and one of those like uh, Lost in Translation types where it's very anti climatic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just weird and, and cool, but yeah. All right, guys. Social media information down below. Hyperlinked at, at that comment alone on Twitter, at LRM underscore Emmanuel on, on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening this week and today, and we will talk to you on Monday. Bye. <laughs>
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.